Can you believe we've been friends for seven years? And it all started because I compared you to Alana the Lioness. Tamara Pierce really set the tone of our friendship. A love of magic. Briar Moss. Fantasy. Briar Moss. Powerful women. And of course, Briar Briar Moss. Moss. I'm Anna. And I'm MJ. And we invite you to join our Circle of Friendship, where we do a chapter-by-chapter deep dive into the Circle of Magic series by Tamara Pierce. We answer important questions like, how does Moonstream let certain dedicates take care of children? Can you imagine anyone else but Mandy Patinkin playing Nico? Knives, Briar. And Knives! Join us every other Monday at cofpodcast.libsyn.com or wherever you download podcasts. But seriously, Knives... You're listening to the GBN Golden Red Broadcasting Network. Trainers at your ready, and welcome to the Champion's Path. Hello, Jotto! You're listening to the Goldenrod Broadcast Network. Welcome to the Champion's Path, a Pokemon podcast. I am your Poke host, Maddie Limerick, and on today's show, I am joined by one of my favorite video game people, Justin Tercali. Justin, welcome to the show. Hello, hello. Thank you so much. It's great to be here. Why don't you give the folks at home just a little bit of background about who you are as a human being? Uh, well, I'm a huge gamer, huge nerd. Uh, I've been a Pokemon trainer for a very long time. You know, I've been playing back since, uh, you know, started off with, you know, Pokemon Sapphire and, uh, and fell in love with the series from there. I love that. So, so Sapphire was your first game. Yeah. So that's third gen three. What, what was baby Justin's kind of first response to getting into Pokemon? Cause you know, it had been around what at that point, eight years or so, six, six, seven years. Yeah. Um, so what was your, what was kind of your launch into why you picked the game and kind of what wrapped you in? So ironically, uh, it was uh, it was a birthday gift for my parents. Uh, mm. First Pokemon game ever. I'd already had a Game Boy at that point. My parents knew I was going to be real into gaming, so they said, "Okay, you know this game's the new hot thing right now. Uh, let's let's give it a try. It's Pokemon Sapphire. It's the same as my Birthstone, so you know, cute. It uh, it fit real well. I love that." And so what was it about the kind of Pokemon that kind of stuck with you when, when you were playing through? Because that game did change a lot because I believe it was the first Game Boy Advanced game. So totally different graphics than we'd even gotten in Crystal, um, which came out just a few years before, but kind of changed the game and kind of kept it going. So what was what was it that really little Justin liked about the game? I want to say, like, I feel like Pokemon was really one of my like first real games that I played because I was... You know, I was eight years old when it came out, mm-hmm. you know, 2004, a uh, long time ago now. But, you know, it was really my first step into RPGs and things like that, where you had, you know, a team that you're training up, mechanics mm-hmm. like uh, XP and leveling. You know, it, you know, that gameplay loop is really what's kept me throughout the series throughout this entire time, really. I love that. Um, so did you watch the anime or collect the cards as well? Did you even play the cards? I know a lot of people collected the cards, but maybe didn't play. But did you watch the anime and participate with the cards at all? Both. Both for sure. Okay, I will say I liked the anime a little bit more than I liked uh, playing the card game. You know, uh-huh. I was really into 
uh, card games like Magic the Gathering and Hearthstone. So like coming back as like an adult, I tried to like actually learn how to play the game. Yeah. It's, it's it's pretty complicated, and I was I was surprised to the the level of depth. And I've had a, a good couple good friends of mine who've been to the card game for much much longer than I have, mm-hmm. uh, and they always complain about how it's uh, rapidly changed. They remember I think uh, it was back when uh, the X and Y cards were still in rotation. Uh-huh. It was like their favorite time because it was just so wild and crazy, and a lot of differentiation in the decks. Yeah, I okay. I I agree with them there. I loved XY because that's also when people really got back into Pokemon card game because that's when I got in and started competing with it. One, because it's as simple as you want it to be or as complicated as you want it to be. Now, my I found that's when a lot of people that like playing magic came back to Pokemon or came to Pokemon because that's when the EXGX cards were coming out. And so that was, you could get this beefy Pokemon that is considered a basic. So it took nothing to get it to the field. So I did find it was a lot of the people who liked playing commander or they like playing magic decks where they're like, if I can't beat you in four, you know, in, in four turns, I don't want to play this deck. And that is when we got a lot of those people coming in, but it's because you could also, you could still play evolutionary lines, but it slowed down your gaming process, which is partially during that time I got in because I love to go do the draft tournaments because I think drafting really shows the salt of a, a card player because if all you have to pick from is these six boosters you're being given and everybody else is on level playing field, also they're typically 40 card decks instead of 60 card decks. Um, I thought that was really fun and oddly found I was great at it. So I kind of jumped in, but that's also when we were getting like mega Mewtwo, mega Charizard. And so I was like, oh, I can pull a mega. I think like the first, the first one we did, cause they come around with the deck boxes <laughs> or the booster boxes. And it's the ones where, you know, that like all the really good cards are at the back. And what they would do is be like, okay, everybody gets six packs here, are four from the back and two from the front. So it was a little level, but I remember one time I pulled both Mega Mewtwo X, Mega Mewtwo Y, and uh, Mega Houndoom. And I was like, oh, oh, daddy's going to do fine today. (laughs) But I will, the thing I will say, because I I have kind of kept up with Pokemon. uh, Every time I go away from it, I decide to... I don't know if anybody else, Justin, or, or you like me or anybody listening, I have compulsion buying issues and I fixate on things until I buy them. And so a lot of times that'll be, or when a really cool new magic set will come out, uh, like right now it's happening because we're about to get those Transformers magic cards, which I know everybody's pissed about because Hasbro may or may not be destroying or killing uh, magic, but whatever that's, or Mattel, I for, is it Hasbro? Hasbro bought, Hasbro yeah. bought magic. Um, so it might be destroying magic, whatever. It's fine. It's We'll, we'll talk about that. That's another conversation. Um, but sometimes I'll fixate on like new sets of Pokemon cards or I do it with magic often where I'll be like, let's go buy a, a deck builder kit and a, a fat pack and let's get back in. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Pokemon kind of keeps pulling me back in the cards. And like when I got to grad school, I literally got about six different people to start investing in Pokemon with me. <laughs> so, um, yeah, sorry, long story long. But yeah, for for quite a while, which is when everybody really liked it, is you could also build a really good tournament deck or permanent deck for only about $20 uh, unless you wanted a really good, like there were some Shaman EXGX cards that were going for like $80 a piece. But again, you only need like one of them in your deck. But I, I found that I could spend $100 and, fi- and build 
five incredible tournament decks um, to to work with. And that's when a lot of people liked that time, though. I will say I am liking right now because they're transitioning back to having to build strategy around evolutionary lines. And they're doing a lot of these new like rapid strike cards, which I think are cool. I think a lot of people also are a little sad because they're not worth what they were three years ago, four years ago, uh, because they're producing more cards. So I totally get where everybody is kind of coming from. But I also am a big proponent that now is the best time that if everybody who is in our age group wants a fun hobby, uh, everybody's playing Pokemon right now and po- all the Pokemon cards come with online download codes so you can play both online and in person and that's been very fun for me um, but you know it is it is one of those things that I I saw way more people playing with the X and Y era than are now but um, it is it's also just nice to go and be like oh I have to wait 45 minutes to get into a draft tournament or a, or a new card release because so many people are here buying cards and they're not resellers. Mm-hmm. I, I've just loved that. But, um, but for you, I guess looking at Pokemon versus like playing magic or hearthstone or Yu-Gi-Oh, what are, what are those kind of differences for you that maybe keep you going to the other games and not playing Pokemon? Uh, well, in all fairness, I would say I've, I've down or died down on the card games just in general, you know, it's just expensive. It really it, is. <laughs> that's precisely the reason, you know, you gotta, gotta pinch your pennies when you can. And, you know, mm-hmm. I still have like a lot of the like collector cards that I still had from magic, you know, a little while ago, I ended up uh, thinning my collection down, you know, getting some cash out of it. I want to say I made like $300 selling off cards a couple oh, of years ago. Great. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. it was great. Uh, but yeah, I, I do agree with what you were saying earlier. I know Hasbro's uh, with all the different sets that they're doing right now and all the different like re-releases and things mm-hmm. like that. I know they're uh, supposedly bringing back the Black Lotus or something like that. <gasps> from what I've heard. Uh, don't quote oh, me no. on it. But, oh no, they know, might get me. Oh no. Collectors oh, are <laughs> collectors are, are crying right now because uh, technically with the re-release of so many different cars, it devalues the price of the older cards, which... Yeah. You know, in my opinion, just make some of those older cards that are considered like staples or classics. I say make them more accessible. You know, I it, agree. it brings more yes. people into the hobby and, you know, adds more diversity to those, you know, uh, legacy and modern playlists that it really needs. You know, yeah. because imagine bringing some of the older cards that are considered legacy into modern because they get a reprint. You I know, agree. it's, you know. I think it's a good thing in my opinion. And I that's been my one thing with Pokemon too. Typically cards will stay in rotation for two mm-hmm. and a half to three years where with magic, you're lucky if you can get a full year out of some cards, um, especially if they're not reprinted. And sometimes depending on the tournament, they won't even let you use an old version of a card, even if it's just new art or whatever. So like I, I did something I did appreciate about, cause like I have magic now probably from about four years ago. And I was like, I couldn't use any of my decks in tournament play. They're literally mm-hmm. all rotated it out which you know sucks well it sucks too because like planeswalkers are so specific now and if you got like i have a great jason chandra and uh garuk deck but they are all literally out of play and i'm just like oh man that's just because i also just love maybe it's just me especially with magic because it's so there's so much to do now i love building 
the most unhinged decks and just seeing how they play. Like I, my favorite I have laying around, it's an uh, all white Ajani deck that literally the one I played it a few times. And the last time I played it, I ended up with like 450 two, two flying cat tokens on the field. Um, with uh what is it rampage whatever oh god it's been so long since i played that lets you that like they can't block you oh, what is it uh 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 oh, I I is it menace not maybe it's menace it's yeah it's the one where it's just like they, yeah oh yeah um but uh yeah it's just it's so fun i love a stupid token deck mm-hmm. uh but and a lot of people don't like they're like no i have my deck i don't want to play anything else and i was like come on we have so many cards laying around let's just build stupid shit (laughs) (laughs) but you know we're we're not here to talk about magic we're here to talk about pokemon um so what is and i think i know the answer to this but because you know we're recording this it's now no longer pokemon day weekend we have moved into the week but what is your most recent pokemon game that you've played uh, most recent is definitely Pokemon Violet. Uh, I picked it up on on pre release night, so I went to the midnight release. I was, uh, was fortunate enough to get off work early enough to go to it. Yay! Uh, oh. Surprisingly, there were a lot of people that were my age and older, uh, mm-hmm. like way more than I thought. I was like number sixty six in line. <gasps> oh my god! This is in like a small town, Titusville, Florida. You know, it's yeah. Uh, very uh not very pomp related i would say but yeah oh yeah oh yeah that's a great time my sibling so i made the decision just because i wasn't sure where i was going to be once i knew where i was going to be which ended up being in in virginia for the actual release i like quickly pre-ordered it again on amazon just because i was like i can't guarantee the game stops are actually going to stock enough so like let's just i'm just going to do it and of course it didn't get to my house till like 9 30 that night but i was like it's fine i'm recording too many episodes of this to play um <laughs> But my sibling works at Target and we were in the day before and saw that they were doing the, you know, everybody did really good pre-orders this year, except America. Um, I'm looking at you, America. Um, And uh, the French release did for all of them. You got the, if you pre-ordered it, you get a statue of the three starters. And I saw that Target was also doing that if you bought the two pack if you bought the dual game pack and I went, well, there are two of us. We're buying it, whatever. I'll just deal with Scarlet. Cause I want Violet, but, and she wanted Violet. So I was like, I'll be the good sibling. Uh, and so she works at four 30 in the morning. And so she was like, I'll be there when we open, I'll take my lunch break and jump in line. And then I was like, Oh, I'll just return our Amazon ones if we need to. But yeah, they, they only had like eight people in line when they opened, but then it's so many people, but they were sold out of that two pack in 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's really good that people didn't let those initial reviews stop them from getting the game. Also, because like if we're honest, Pokemon games are kind of like Disney movies in the 80s and 90s. Even though everybody loved them, the reviewers were still really harsh on them. So like I don't I can't tell you the last time I actually read Pokemon reviews, but then this game, because I had time and I was sitting around, I read the reviews and went, oh. Uh oh, uh oh. So let's let's chat about this a little because I think you're somebody who is very knowledgeable when it comes to games and gaming. And so let's kind of nuance, kind of 
pick this apart. What were your kind of first reactions? What are, I guess maybe what did you see going into it? And what were your, did you have any apprehensions going into game day based on what had been going around that week? So certainly I did, uh, I did get a little bit spoiled, you know, uh, the internet these days leaks happen. Uh, yep. they're, they're guaranteed who knows if they're planned or not. Uh, uh-huh. but regardless, uh, Going into it, I felt I felt confident, you know, with with the starters. I wasn't too disappointed with any of them. You know, I thought all of the starters did a pretty good job with, um, mm-hmm. you know, especially with the you know the graphics and stuff like that. Um, I actually didn't see too much about that going into it, so that was a little bit surprising for me. Okay, but mm-hmm. then hearing you know from some of my other friends that have played, it's like, yeah, this has been going around on the internet. I was like, okay. And, you know, I've, uh, I've seen it both on the, the classic switch, the switch Lite, mm-hmm. and I've played it, uh, docked mode. Uh, I will say docked mode is, I think the best way to play it. Uh, yes. I'm just, you know, regardless, you're always going to get better performance. You're always going to get, you know, a better resolution because it's a bigger screen. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so that's the best way that I've found t- to enjoy it. Uh, it still does have, you know, the, uh, the render distance problems, the, yeah. you know, uh, Pokemon popping in and out, but you know, that's realistically been a problem since legends Arceus, like, you know, mm-hmm. in, in certain areas, like you would encounter those types of glitches. I'm just sad to see that the, uh, the implementation of NPC motion was not done mm-hmm. very well either. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, that's probably my biggest gripe. Yeah. Uh, as far as, gameplay loop the way the battles work um you know enjoying all of that terastalizing is an interesting mechanic yeah the name certainly weird uh uh-huh. but you know i mean we had dynamic dynamaxing last time yeah. so you know you know we can't really complain about the the naming conventions in pokemon at this point the especially with some of the newer pokemon that they released this generation oh yeah 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 yeah, <laughs> yeah. now I guess something with the design of some of these Pokemon, because you and I were still working together at Universal when a lot of the Pokemon were starting to drop. I remember the the day that we found out who the starters were, I came running into the office because yeah. I knew you were working. Um, but I, the thing that I have liked, and it does make a little more disjointed of a visual kind of through line, <laughs> is that they reached out to other well-known video game designers and like... Um, founders of games and had them design certain Pokemon, um, Mm -hmm. which I didn't realize until looking through the Pokedex that Minecraft did one of the, the sets of, of the evolutions, which is very clear, which one it is. I haven't encountered them yet in the game, but also like the, the, I think he's either the creator of Mega Man or, or one of the, Mm -hmm. the current, uh, did two of the coolest that we have ever seen. I love them so much. Um, but it is very cool to see, I guess for me, that it was kind of that idea that, oh, well, we've got, you know, how much other video games have influenced Pokemon, how much Pokemon's influenced other games, and just kind of the legacy of Japanese gaming. I did like that. It, this is a strange Pokedex to me a little bit, but and oh, yeah. I tried not to spoil the Pokedex, though I had to... I'm somebody that I always need to know what the starter's final evolutions are going to look like because it does 
heavily affect how I'm going to pick. Um, I think everybody was being very dramatic about these these starters from the beginning. Uh, I think they. I think we got exactly what we deserved with the three of them. <laughs> yeah, I'd say so. Though, Quaxley's, I was hoping for something kind of big and buff and sailor-like, but I also, mm-hmm. as a queer human, really appreciate Captain Quack Feathers, uh, mm-hmm. Captain Quack Sparrow that we got. <laughs> um, but, you know, I also, how do you stand on the bipedal versus quadpedal starter Pokemon battle? Like, does it matter to you? Do you think it? I mean, for me, it it truly doesn't matter. I don't think that because they've they've honestly they've been doing it since since Gen three, you yeah. know. Like you think about Blaziken, you think about Swampert, you think about you know, uh, Sceptile. They're all bipedal Pokemon at the end of their evolution. Yeah. You know, Swampert's like the closest to quadrupedal in the yeah. like stance that he takes, and then just Mega Swampert is just a big buff dude. So, Big old tank. <laughs> you know, so you can't really, you know, at this point complain about, you know, Pokemon being bipedal. You know, there, there are so many other Pokemon at this point that you should have complained about being bipedal. Yes. Or, you know, I understand the, the desire to stay in, you know, what the Pokemon's original design is. But I have, I have no complaints about, you know, the Sprigatito line. It's, yeah. you know, yeah. it's a, it's good. It, it to me fits like now I go, you know, exactly what two team, like if I had to pick two, like, especially cause I'm very theatrical. I work in costuming and things. I was like, mm-hmm. Oh, if I literally had to pick like three Pokemon to help do my job with me, it's Del Fox. It's, um, it's Sprigatito's third level and an Espeon. Like the three of them, like they're very graceful. They all are super elongated versions, mm-hmm. but you know, it's, I just, I, don't have a problem i i think it's out of all the things we can be mad at why is i was like are you all that afraid of furries or are you all that afraid that you are a furry and don't want to admit it like i think that's what it comes to a lot of the the loud fans are it's like a thousand of them who sit in their mom's basement and all they do is scream about video games online so like i don't know i think especially knowing that it was going to be dark and grass grass dark i was like well clearly it's going to be bipedal like it just makes the most sense like it's also a delightful design like it's there in the basic in Sprigatito all of the elements are there and it just gets bigger and it makes sense to me so I guess though you brought up NPCs and I think it's very interesting because um to say that uh Game Freak and the Pokemon Company are overly aware of the western queer contingent that is the biggest fan base of Pokemon now in how they designed these NPCs because um they're all big muscle ladies and like bara men like and then you occasionally get the chaotic in betwinks like there are so many non-gender specific characters in this game uh but then also all the male characters are very big and very buff and then like even some of the female NPCs are very big and very buff and I was like ah you know exactly what you're doing don't you <laughs> um so I guess overall, how would you rate where you are in gameplay? Like, is it, is it, are, are you happy with it altogether or, or is it leaving you a little wanting, especially after Arceus was so successful, even with the few glitches they have? Mm-hmm. Um, I would definitely say it, it leaves me wanting a little bit as far as the, you know, 
the graphical end. But as far as Pokedex gameplay, you know, all that kind of stuff so far, I've been, I've been really enjoying the game. I've, uh, as far as current progress, I have finished the third gym, uh, two of the, uh, Terra Mystica and, uh, I'm at the second Team Star base, the poison one. Cool. So I'm, That's I'm, a, awesome. I'm pretty far into the, or yeah. I'd say pretty far, but you know, I actually don't know how much farther around there is to go in the yeah. region. Uh, you know, I will say as well, the, the open worldness of the game is definitely uh, an interesting topic as well, mm-hmm. because I know the, the game certainly guides you in a specific direction as opposed to you know truly letting you go wherever you want to go because of course you know and and this is to say a similar thing happened in arceus which makes sense you know Mm -hmm. you need to be strong enough to be in certain parts of the world which makes sense you know the world is going to the world isn't going to be dynamic to you uh, you should be dynamic to the world, which I think is is appropriate for an open world game because there is yeah. still enough direction between the three different main quests lines that it's an enjoyable gameplay loop. And I've still been having a lot of fun despite the the minor, I would call them minor graphical problems at this yeah. point because it's something that Nintendo could very easily take care of pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. I'm hoping that we're going to see series of patches between now and maybe January, February. Um, I am expected that a that when the final DLC, because I think they said we've got two or three sets of DLC coming for it, mm-hmm. that the final DLC might line up with the new Switch release with Breath of the Wild 2 that will um, maybe fix a lot of these issues. I, I'm also wondering if maybe because they have to stick to every three years, but because we've gotten so many Pokemon games in the last three years because of the anniversaries, I'm wondering if it was just another, if they could have waited another year, taken what they learned from Arceus, taken it over to the Scarlet and Violet team. Because what I think they should have done, because what I learned on this is that every Pokemon game has a different set of, um, has a different set of, creative team like everybody that's working on the game hasn't necessarily ever done a pokemon game before and it's a really small like i think this game had 200 people working on it and then after contractors and all the extra stuff there was like a thousand but there was only a core team of 200 building the initial game and almost it was something like 90 percent of them had never touched other than as a fan had built a pokemon game before so building something of this scale because i almost was like well why not bring the sword and shield team over and then integrate the rest of the Arceus team um because also like I just played through Brilliant Pearl I'm about to face the last gym I'm fighting Team Galactic right now and I'm just like I'm not enjoying this like it's the first time I've loved my entire team and I've thought about my whole team and I'm nuzlocking but mm-hmm. I just I went did we need that re-release or you know, was that something that we needed to sell to a third party? Cause I only spent about $30 on it. And I think that was more than enough to spend on it. I would have been mad if I spent 60, probably. Um, I just think of like, thankfully I have a job where 60 on one game isn't going to break the bank. It's something that I was prepared for. Most people, um, um, you know, most people, we, we prepare, we set money aside for the Pokemon games. We know they're coming, uh, cause we get that release date about, you know, nine months in advance, 10 months in advance. But exactly. I do, 
I do think that while I love that there's so much story because I go back to Crystal where I say that had the perfect amount of gameplay and then post-gameplay. Um, and there was so much to do um, that none of the other games have quite come close to that I think this comes close to that with story-wise. But even then, like, my game on my Switch was real pixelated and, and the grass and stuff was real rough early in the game and mm. I was like oh we I feel like for a $60 game I'm a little upset about this but I'm enjoying the gameplay and uh, like I said before we got on the call I loved how many Pokemon I um, came into contact with before like uh, just for everybody at home I've stopped just before you go into the actual doors of the school for the first time so I've battled through the fields and open fields and all the trainers that are out I mean I think my Spurgatito is already evolved <laughs> and uh, it's, I'm almost near level 20 I think for my Spurgatito but uh most of the other ones are coming up right behind but yeah, it, that aspect of it I love because I do like being able to catch a lot of Pokemon I like the book idea of the pokedex this time i think that's really fun anything with really cool art um it's just hard when i love the sprites are so clear and concise in this game and then everything else is kind of you know, a little a little pixely it made me go oh damn i should have bought the oled switch i should have done it <laughs> right i was thinking about doing it as well but by the time i was going to get the um the special edition one but me by the too. time i actually went to go buy it completely sold out i i thought I about it uh, well, I was coming in near the end of when some businesses were just getting the pre-order. So maybe about mm -hmm. a month ago. And I always, I did the same thing with the Animal Crossing Switch, which is what I have now. And of course I got it like three months after the initial release when they sold through the initial stock and they were like, we'll probably have more of them in January. And I was like, great, I'll probably buy one in January then. Um, but yeah, so I, I, I'm overall very happy with it. I am hoping that the patches are something they'll be able to start putting in because like we already had a massive download last night mm -hmm. for to update the game so i'm hoping those things will start happening before we get dlc because i can't guarantee that i'm going to want to buy the dlc if it's going to keep going like this and just to make the game bigger or if the idea is the dlc is already in there and they just it just has to be unlocked and that's part of the problem i don't know yeah. but i'm hoping more for um Thing. so let's let's keep moving on justin what has been your favorite pokemon game it can be mainline it can be side games it can be mobile games you can have multiples but what's your favorite pokemon games and why so i have i have three games that i i absolutely can't get over so first one pokemon emerald uh mm -hmm. i'm i'm a gen 3 boy it's it's my favorite generation it's where i started but Pokemon Emerald was was really where it was at for me, especially, I know you mentioned that, uh, especially in like Crystal, it had a, a really good post-game. I felt that the, the post-game in Emerald, the Battle Frontier, was some of the most fun I've ever had in a Pokemon game, mm -hmm. you know? And there, it's a really good way to get into competitive Pokemon as well, especially it, at that time where, you know, it's very difficult to have, you know, a Pokemon tournament when everyone's playing on Game Boy Advances. Uh, it's, you know, it's an incredible time. But yeah. uh, as far as side games, I have two. I was a giant fan of the Pokemon Ranger games. Cool. Okay. I have, I still have all three of them for the DS. Uh, out of those three, uh, I think it was... Uh, I have it here. That's why I have it here is because I couldn't remember. Shadows over Omnia 
was the best one for me because it really centers around one of my my favorite legendary Pokemon, uh, Darkrai. Okay. You know, uh, do you do you remember this the story of those Pokemon games? I only played the first one, so go okay. ahead and fill us in about about the the rest. So I don't know. It's it's been many moons since I've played, but uh, the basics is the the evil tame is after uh, Darkrai, so it can mm-hmm. control people through uh, its power. Uh, but this was one of the the this is the reason that it was my favorite uh, is because it was one of the only legitimate ways that you could get Darkrai in the games. Okay. Uh, because I know, uh, you know, of course it was coded into the uh, uh, Diamond Pearl Platinum games back in the day, but you had to go to the in-person event to actually, you know, oh, get access to okay. that stuff. So it was okay. considered an event Pokemon, uh, similar to some of the other mythical Pokemon. But, uh, but if you had, I know, any of the Pokemon Ranger games, there was the Manaphy egg that you could get. Mm-hmm. And there was the Darkrai that you could transfer over. Uh, and I think I still have those on my uh, my Pokemon Bank or Pokemon Home. That's, that's amazing. I really enjoyed the first Ranger game. It was a lot harder than I was expecting it to be, which I appreciated i liked i've liked any of the games um a lot of folks uh have talked about pokemon coliseum and something that i really loved about that in gale of darkness is that one it was a little grittier one it felt a little more real but that it was more difficult and there was it was a little bit outside of what we generally thought which i have appreciated about some of the the you know the the extra line games is that they are more difficult there is more thought and it's not just okay let's battle let's catch like that the the spinning thing and the pokemon being able to the to break your your circle around it was so hard for me to to like learn and get down to and i really it really made me keep going back to that game and playing it a lot um so i really really appreciated those um which i love do you have a favorite singular pokemon just your all-time favorite pokemon um, all-time favorite for me, I would have to say, is Slash. It's just one of okay. my my favorite uh-huh. designed Pokemon. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, I like the... I'm a big fantasy fan. You know, I love Dungeons and Dragons, stuff like that. And when that Pokemon came out, it was like, oh, it's just, it's just a ghost knight. Yep, which I love. And now I'm like, oh, and now we have the, like, Psychic Fire Knight, too, in the new game. And I was like... <laughs> Oh, you could legitimately put together like a Knights of the Round Table gym that's literally all of these really great soldier knight like and I mm-hmm. I love love I love that so much. Especially I love the really I'm a sucker for the inanimate object Pokemon. Like some of them are just the dumbest things ever, but mm-hmm. some of them was like, that's really fucking scary. Like just you're you're going through ruins and you're like, oh look at this old ass sword that's going to possess me. This is insane. I love this. <laughs> Um, so is there a Pokemon that you love that you think doesn't get enough love that you would defend if somebody was actively talking shit about that Pokemon? Ooh, that's a tough one. I mean, I don't know. What about you? I I can't think of one off the top of my head. Uh, okay. So I am a sucker for 
Uh, Dunsparce, just for some reason, my friend Mads has just made me love Dunsparce. And I love that Dunsparce finally got an evolution in Scarlet and Violet right. uh, that is just, it's even bigger and just as useless, but I love it. Um, I think for me, a lot of the times, it's the weird the Pokemon anime because I've still watched the anime. Journeys has been phenomenal. Um, but sometimes the anime will make me like a Pokemon that I would, thought was dumb before or didn't care about. Like examples are like Dedene, Tyrant, um, uh, 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 oh, Inkay. I love Inkay. Wobbuffet even. Like I think uh, probably for me it's Psyduck or Wobbuffet. Um because I just, I adore Wobbuffet, especially Team Rocket's Wobbuffet. Or, uh, yeah, I think it might be like Dedenne. I just, I would defend that little fairy mouse to the end of the earth. And it's purely because of the Dedenne from the anime that bonded with Bonnie. I just loved. I think that was for me just. just... <laughs> That's fair. I would say probably, at least, at least for me back in the day, because uh, I know I mentioned earlier back um uh, make a swamp for it but i was a i was a mudkip guy back in the day everyone oh, was with uh with cute. with Torchica and blaziken uh which i did end up getting on my my emerald playthrough of course uh, but I, w- I would probably have to say mudkip was, would be a pokemon that i'd staunchly defend i love mudkip i also love that brock got a mudkip when he came back to the <laughs> show uh, i was like that's oddly appropriate because you know i just uh, i did love into that a ground type perfect for it it's true well and that's the thing is also we learn that like with the exception like misty um that just because you're a gym leader doesn't mean those are your permanent pokemon team Mm -hmm. there's your those are your gym team which is something why i appreciated like brock got a zubat and a vulpix like these things that along the way also just made a shit ton of sense for them and like clement being a scientist and an inventor in the anime um went with a lot of steel type as well. I mean, cause of course had the Magnemite of those things, but like went with a lot of steel types because that also works hand in hand with the electric type. And so I just, I really appreciated that along the way, but even Misty had Togepi, which, you know, was, you know, I, th- I think those things are very fun and cool because the only time that we really see a gym leader that focuses on having kind of the, the champions team versus a themed gym team is the rainbow badge that you get from Giovanni uh, who and he has that kind of mixed team, which is something that I think is a concept we need to kind of have even more of. But talking about Giovanni, um, Grand Lord Master of the Team Rocket Mafia, which I will say, all the other teams have kind of like one grand high mission in Team Rockets. Like, uh, we just want to make money, we just want to steal Pokemon, and uh, we want to have a thumbs in all of these pots. Like, they are a mm-hmm. true kind of mafia contingent. Um, from like petty larceny all the way up to war crimes. Uh, But a lot of people over time, as we started talking about the idea of having an open world Pokemon game, maybe after Skyrim has come out and after the Bioshock and, and um, uh, mass effect games, there was the idea that people wanted for a while that you could choose the hero's path or the villain syndicate path early on. So if you had to pick one of the villains teams to be on throughout time, which villains team would you pick? For me, if I had to be on a one of the the villain teams in Pokemon, it would definitely be Team Galactic, uh-huh. uh, only because I feel like they're one of the the teams with the most not only uh, advanced technology, but also the most somehow funding and drive to get all of the stuff that they get done done. Oh yeah, yeah. 
and they have, I think, some of the worthless, most worthless r- grunts ever in the games. But they're as an organization, they still get so much done in their HQ right now in in Pearl. Uh, so yeah, they're very fun. They also, I think, have fun costumes. They're not completely <laughs> ridiculous, though. I did a lot of searching online because I love Pokemon fan art and like crisscross fandom arts. I was like, why don't we have fan art of the Sailor Scouts? that match the same names as the leaders of galactic why don't we have them in like crisscrossing and i was like Mm -hmm. oh i was like i'm not a good enough artist to do it so i maybe need to pay somebody to do it but i think team galactic is really fun um though i always say team rocket is fun because you could literally just be like jesse and james where you're like you're doing your best but like you're not really that evil or you could be giovanni or like butch butch and cassidy or bonnie and clyde Mm -hmm. who are legitimate evil human beings in team oh yeah um, but I also think in had the best pitch and I really would have probably followed in now, like team plasma is actually pieces of shit. Like as far as the rest of it goes, I think Gizma, Giz, Oh, what was his name? Uh, the actual leader of that team was an absolute shit bag. But like, I was like, I probably would have followed in because also it was in the American themed game. So I was like, this is oddly timely for us. Uh, uh, I think, but, uh, it, it, uh, yeah, I, th- I guess for me, that's where it would go, but I will, I will always follow Like if I could hang out with Jesse and James all the time, that's probably what I would do. Like just petty larceny with their, their Meowth stealing little kids, <laughs> Pokemons, I guess. I don't know. That's probably, <laughs> probably for me. That's fair. That's fair. Out of curiosity. Cause I know that you mentioned that you were, yeah. you're watching the Pokemon journeys anime. Now, are you watching mm-hmm. that subbed or are you just watching it on Netflix? I'm watching it on Netflix because I have a friend who's been on the podcast before Erica Schroeder, who uh, is a voice of many Pokemon on there. Many, many, many. Uh, she's been around, I think since right before Johto started. Like she's, I mean, she probably voices 300 characters on that show. Uh, most notably, like the Eevees, like she does Espeon, Eevee, she does Sandy, she does Sylveon, but also like P-Dove, Meloetta, like since she took over for Cyndaquil, uh, she was Bianca in the black and white anime. Like she's, she's okay. She's Officer Jenny, but only in the movies. It's weird. Yeah. But she's incredibly talented. We have a great episode with her from our Pokemon anniversary episode in 2021. Go back and listen to that. Um, I, I also... I'm a big fan of watching the dubs because we're getting so many people now who were anime fans who are being hired as voice actors. And so I like to watch the dub also because I don't particularly have the time or being ADHD. I can't always just sit and focus and read subtitles the whole time. Um, or I put on anime in the background to do other things. I think Pokemon is the best anime to like put on and just have on. Um, but the thing that sold me on Journeys is one episode they're in Galar, but one episode they're in Alola, and then in another episode they're in Kanto. Everybody that's ever been in the show is back. We get to see all of Ash's Pokemon. Um, I really love the clearly pre-romantic uh, like friendship that Go and Ash have. Like it's like it's. I, it's I think one of the most effective Pokemon series they've done. And I think a lot of that has to do with, it's just between the Pokemon company and Netflix at this point. And there's very little involvement from everybody else into making a show that's marketable because the show itself is marketable. Um, And I, but I also love that like 
the YouTube original series that they've done, like Origins was incredible. The Sword oh, and yeah. Shield shorts were brilliant. Um, there was, I think, the Korean run, like high anime, like high context anime that came out like three years ago was really good. That was on YouTube. I, I try, I, I will watch some of the movies subbed because sometimes the scripts are a little cleaner. Like um, they don't muddle it up, but I realized I went back to anime the anime when I realized that they stopped trying to Americanize the stories. Cause that's the problem going through orange <clears throat> Island specifically is they were still trying to do that for kids localization, baby local and while i still want one of brock's jelly donuts even though i know exactly what it is uh you know it's it is whatever jelly donut baby (laughs) jelly donut baby um but yeah how about you do you do you watch if if you still watch do you watch it subbed or dubbed so yes i am i am current on the sub right now so i am i'm fully informed on all the spoilers and it's amazing i might to be truthful i actually watch both so uh, yeah. But I, I just couldn't wait. As soon as I found out that it it was uh-huh. available online, I had to watch the rest of it, and yeah. it's it's just great. I agree completely. You know, the the switching between regions can be a little bit jarring at times, yeah. but they handle it really well. And they, like you said, that all the characters that they bring back, it's so great to see so many familiar faces and familiar Pokemon. Uh, one point that I really do like that uh, that Ash makes in the series is that he has zero intention of using any of his older Pokemon, you know, so they they gave the fans no hope on that one, which was a good thing, you know, Yeah, made the, the Pokemon that he's working with now feel more important, more special. Mm-hmm. And his team was bomb at the end. How so good. What is his team looking like right now for you, though? Do you remember? Um. Well, I kind of jumped ahead. I think I'm I've watched all the way through what journey was oh no, I just finished the Gengar stuff, which I loved because okay. I love Gengar. Um, but yeah, I jumped ahead and watched the finale and probably the three episodes before it just to see it get into it. Um but for me, I think I, I'm one of those overly emotional people that I cried when we saw all like everyone that we've ever seen watching ash from across the globe and then the one that got me was team rocket bought a ticket and sat in the audience to watch him but i also loved seeing um was it may i think it's may with her piplop mm-hmm. is that her name may um may and, and then i love seeing Sir, um the the one with the uh she's the diamond and pearl leader was that may oh dawn 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 and then it's may and serena are hanging out holding hands which i was like what is this? What is this? Are we girlfriends? Are we coordinator girlfriends? Which I loved that plot together because I thought Serena was a phenomenal uh, secondary protagonist to Ash. I think um, the X and Y animes were, I think, brilliant in my opinion. One, because again, they got me to care so deeply about other Pokemon that other that probably didn't get the focus. Um, I thought Serena was a phenomenal secondary protagonist. She was great. She showed so much growth. Um, Cause I think that's where they started planting the seed that maybe Ash was not always going to be our protagonist. Satoshi. Um, and they did say about two years ago that moving into the 25th and beyond that maybe we were going to see Satoshi and Ash step aside as the protagonist, which 
let's just say we could do. I could also say that we could just move forward with Go and because Go is a wonderful character. I also wouldn't mind another character or like a female character coming in that is the center of the series because I think they finally also have really hit that stride of writing for the anime in both the American translation and the Japanese original text that I think this, I loved that final team that he used though. I think they're unusual in many ways. Um, I, I just, I, I really appreciated it, but you know, that we, and you know, I love that Pikachu is still there. I love that Pikachu is still there. And I, I thought there was something really poetic about the final battle being between Leon's Charizard, who is dope OP and Pikachu, who is also dope OP. I thought that was uh, also, you were like watching Charizard watch Ash succeed, which, you know, that to me is like the greatest relationship that's ever existed in like, talk about the growth between those, those babies. But like the thing for me in journey as well is like, we had Butterfree come back in an episode, which that was, for many people in my generation, pre 9-11 was the biggest bit of trauma we'd ever gone through on a show. Because <laughs> then, you know, a year later, we had Ash turned to stone in the movie. Like, it's so much like, but also the conversations of like loving something and letting it go and kind of our ownership, our quote unquote ownership of the things around us. I think Pokemon has always had that conversation that goes beyond the, oh, should we really let kids watch dog fighting kind of deal? I think it's so much beyond that. And it's also talking about like Jesse and James. They're the kindest trainers in the entire existence of that show. And like James never battles to get his new partners. He asks them to journey with him. And that is why they have like the best partnerships ever. Um, like I, I think I cried the episode where uh, Inke joins James along the journey one. Cause I love Inke also. Cause how batshit unhinged is Malamar? Like, oh can God. we like a true Eldridge Cthulian horror? <laughs> that is Malamar. Um, but yeah, sorry, long story long with this, but I think I think Ash Ketchum always, and Satoshi, uh, has always done things, the roundabout path, the unusual path, and something that is really important about his journey, and I think speaks a lot to our generation being critiqued as like, oh, we always get a participation trophy, was not always the case. Ash didn't win championships until Alola. I think Alola was his first championship that he won. 20 years into you know quote unquote 20 years but like that's six or seven regions in that he yeah. finally won like he placed like he came in top 12 originally and like they've really done a good job of showing that he was like great i have to work harder i have to train harder and that he didn't force his pokemon to do things he always traded pokemon in and out and i i just thought that was something exemplary and they took him all the way through the end so if in the next year they phase out Ash Satoshi, I, I'm okay with that because Ash Ketchum has been, oh, I'm getting a little emotional just talking about it. That's so weird. Um, I, th I think he has just served the community and the fandom as, as a character, as a placeholder for so many of us. And I just think it's very special. And I think they did him so beautifully by letting him finally win that world championship. Um, and I think it's just so great. I love it. I think it was great. And I think that team was so lovely. Um, but talking about teams and dream teams, Justin, what is your dream team of six Pokemon? No legendary or mythics. We're going to be good here. But uh, what is what is that dream team? 
So if I had to compile a team of Pokemon from across all region, across all games, except for Scarlet and Violet, because um, I haven't fully explored that Pokedex just yes. yet, and there are some really cool Pokemon that I would consider for my team mm-hmm. in there for sure, um, but I'm going to ignore them for right now. Uh, but if I had to pick six, give me Incineroar, Swampert, Honchkrow, Scizor, Dragapult, and Luxray. <gasps> what a good set. I love Luxray. I've got a Luxray on my Pearl team right now, and I just love them so much. Also, I love that you got Dragapult in there. Like, that, that is the derpiest, strangest-looking line that I love so much. I like, it's so... It. It's so self-aware. I think it's one of those things that Pokemon just laughs at itself often. Mm-hmm. And that is an example of a Pokemon that could have been really dumb, but is a really strong Pokemon. Oh, yeah. And just, I, I just love his little fighter jet head. It's just so cute. I do, too. It's so cute. So, I guess, dream team aside, um, you know, as we're going through, we're battling, you know, the thing that we uh, kind of get every gen that really kind of makes or breaks the world are the NPCs. And our NPCs in Pokemon are kind of uh, determined by what trainer type they are. So we kind of know what Pokemon they're going to use, what set. And they're always kind of the same going region to region, but they always get new designs. They're fun. They update them a little. Uh, I didn't give you this question originally, but what would your NPC type be in the Pokemon world? In the Pokemon world? I think I would probably be a Pokemon breeder. Cool, cool. Uh, it's very so. You'd you'd have a. Would you be a Pokemon breeder? Would you be like a scientist, or would you have like the daycare? Would you be like the daycare kind of breeder? Um, I'm trying to think. Is it, do you remember the the? I, I'm think I have a very specific sprite in mind. It's the Gen Three breeder sprite. Yes, you remember uh-huh. like the headband, the apron. Yep. You uh-huh. know, I, I think that would a lot. Yeah. yeah. You know, oh, got a couple so of baby cute. Pokemon, a couple of Pokemon that are there to raise the babies, you know. I love that. That's so cute. I love that. I think that's very appropriate. Uh, that's, that's, I love that. So, say you've done your, your champion's journey, you've gone through, you've come back to your home region, you've gone to other regions, and you're approached by the Pokemon League to be a gym leader. What would your what would your conventional gym type be, and where along in the game would you would would you think your gym would go? So for me, I would want to do as far as just a, a monotype gym. I would want to be doing a dark type gym. It's not okay. one that you get to see very often. But it's dark true. types typically they're also pretty you know pretty strong Pokemon that you see towards the later levels that you know mm-hmm. evolve into. So I feel like it'd be in the like you know maybe five to eight range somewhere in between there that that part of the game um so i think that would be my my conventional type got a couple pokemon that i think would be good on there too i'm i like having a really big variety of pokemon on my team and i i don't necessarily stick to the same team all the time throughout a game either you know especially in uh scarlet and violet right now i've found that i've been switching out pokemon uh, pretty heavily, which is yes. uh, which is very fun. It's good to be able to have that that option of oh, I found yeah. a new Pokemon that I know will be good for this part of the game. Let yep. me maybe train it up a little bit or replace out one of my Pokemon that I know won't be good. Mm-hmm. I I I was doing that too, and then I also was like, because I love Jigglypuff, one of my favorites, mm-hmm. and um, I. 
there's that like pod of Iggly buff that you get along the way. And I kept trying to find, well, I wanted to make sure cause the, I was only finding ones that were normal type Terra type. And I was like, no, I want that stupid sailor moon fairy, fairy type. But then I also was like, I kind of want to start finding the rare Pokemon with the weird Terra types that are so not there. Uh, so that was kind of early on what I was trying to do too. Cause I was like, Oh, well that'll probably be good at this point in the game or you know, I was even finding a lot of the Fido that had normal Terra type, which was weird because it's a fairy type. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, that's that's I I love the idea of a dark because I also feel like in a certain region, you could have two heavy hitting gyms that are like dark than dragon or dragon than dark one right mm -hmm. after the other. And so you've really got to do some training quickly. Um, now, what I hope as we go through is with these non, uh, the more open world games that require more strategy and kind of a non-conventional way you're going through the story, I would love to see us go with more themed gyms that require more strategy so that you don't necessarily just have one type in the gym. So I would call these, you know, your unconventional gym. So I ask everybody, this is my favorite question. If you had to pick a uh, pick a theme for a gym that wasn't necessarily around a type. What would your non-conventional or unconventional gym be? And what Pokemon would you maybe have in that gym? So for me, I feel like, especially a mechanic that they don't really teach you a lot about in the actual main story of the Pokemon game are status conditions. So uh -huh. I would think that it'd be a really cool idea to have a gym centered around Pokemon that can inflict different types of status conditions. So whether it be sleep, burn, uh -huh. you know, paralysis, poison, you know, so it opens up for, you know, completely different typings on teams, you know, whether it be ghost, grass, poison, you know, electric. Uh, so it, it just opens up the team's uh, or the team variety makes it, much better with that in my opinion I, I love that that's awesome now something that none of you all know because the show won't come out till after i've interviewed everybody but because i ask all of you to do this i've come up with an unconventional gym for every single one of my uh guests so 26 <laughs> all together uh so the one that i did for this one and i always say it would be the very first gym in the game it would be like a pre-gym, if you will, or a training gym. Um, and it's the, I'm just a baby, uh, gym. Uh, so it'd be like a ridiculously giant nursery. It'd be like the Pokemon school setting. <laughs> and it's just the cute smalls. Uh, so I would have Fampy, Teddy Ursa, Toxel, Smoliv, Axew, and Dedene as my little, my little, my little baby gym boys. I think it would just be the the cutest little thing just just a bunch of the babies just a bunch and they're oddly cuter than the rest of them i don't know it's uh uh and then it would just be a bunch of like tired looking babysitter uh uh would be the other <laughs> like a bunch of um the young trainers would be the ones that you have to battle going into it and they just just look tired <laughs> um but you know uh why what is it that keeps you excited and keeps you going back to Pokemon and kind of living in the franchise year after year. I mean, I feel like for me and for a lot of other people as well, what keeps us coming back is, is just nostalgia. That's, mm -hmm. that's definitely the biggest thing easy to say, but uh, for me, it's just, it's, it's just true enjoyment of the, the gameplay loop. You know, I, like I said, I'm a, I'm a big gamer. I play a, a variety of different games, whether it be Elden Ring, World of Warcraft, you know, but Pokemon, I've, I've 
since 2004 mm-hmm. it's the only game that i've never stopped really playing uh and it just has the you know some of the 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 core mechanics that have stayed with it throughout the entire series that you know you just can't get from another game you know the the aspect and it's the the collection aspect i think is for me because i'm a big collector you know i have pop figures uh all that good stuff but uh but yeah i I definitely say the the nostalgia and the the collection is for me and what are some things that you're hopeful for in the future of the franchise um i will admit i'm hopeful for some return to basics you know i think Mm -hmm. that the the push for 3d pokemon games has really you know taken the the focus away from what the games have really been about at least towards the beginning for me you know once we made because they did do a good job with the the transition throughout the ds games into the 3ds and i felt they did a really good job with them but there's just something about those 2d sprites you know the the way that Mm -hmm. the you know, the pixel graphics were so long ago that keeps people coming back to those older games, you know. That's why the, you know, they've made, you know, the different ROM hacks and, you know, replay. You know, Pokemon just has such a high replayability. And I feel like those older games make it more worth it to go back and play them again. Mm-hmm. I agree. It's also one of the few, other than maybe like Smash and Mario Party, <laughs> that I find myself going back to old games and like seeking out and being like, Oh God, I should have never gotten rid of this system because I want to go back and play this. It's like, I still have my um, Coliseum and Gale of darkness with my game, GameCube uh, mm-hmm. safe uh, uh, um, memory card, because that's just very, very special. It's I have one of my Digimon games and a Buffy game as well from PS2 that I still have mm-hmm. the, the memory card just because you know it's the you know a couple weeks ago i really wanted to play soul silver um and so i was like oh i can you know i can get a ds light for pretty cheap but then i went oh my god but this game is 150 dollars so it is it is one of those that i think we as and it is one of those that you can still beautifully go back and play the older games and still get so much out of them and it's not like oh god look at this old technology how far we've come but it's still something that we can still really appreciate as we go Now, Justin, every broadcast will be giving away a free digital download code to the Pokemon TCG online app. And all anyone needs is a special password. And today's password is Darkrai. Again, the password is Darkrai. So be the first to respond on our Instagram story and it will be yours. Now, Justin, thank you so much for taking a break from your journey to be the best that ever was to be on the show. I appreciate it so much. Of course, of course. Thank you again so much for having me. It was a, a pleasure to, to chat with you about some, some Pokemon. I, I mean, and I can talk Pokemon for hours and hours and hours. So, all right, folks, coming up next, we have Oak's Pokemon Talk. And later, tune in for Burma's Password, where real people like you win real prizes. I'm your Poke host, Maddie Limerick. And until next time, it's you and me and Pokemon. Thank you for listening to The Champion's Path, a Pokemon podcast presented by Saturday Morning Confidential, a part of the Certain POV Media Network. You can find us on Facebook at Saturday Morning Confidential and on Instagram at SMC Podcast. There you can follow our link tree to every podcast platform under the sun where you can listen to our show. You can find us along with all of the incredible shows on the Certain POV Network at CertainPOV.com. 
Pokemon.com. Saturday Morning Confidential and Dreamer Productions do not own Pokemon. In games or media form, this show is purely for entertainment and educational purposes only. And our ending credit music is Jungle Cavern by Brett Eaglestein. Join us next time for another journey down the champion's path. CPOV. CertainPOV.com.